Well, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast, and this is exciting news. After two years of being sidelined, because you know why, we are back on the road. Rev on the Road is back, and we can't wait to be with you in person and see you face to face and give you sweaty hugs, unless you don't like sweaty hugs, and in that case, we totally understand. But for those of you who want a sweaty hug, I want to give you one. So come and be a part of our Rev on the Roads. If you don't know what that is, Rev on the Road is a two-day wellness reviving event for your body, mind, soul, the whole thing, the whole loving God with all of who you are. We come into town, and for two days, we get you with the Lord in your body, in the good, good design that is you. And we encounter the Lord together in worship and prayer and, and the word and movement, but all kind of movement for all shapes and sizes and abilities. Everyone is welcome to this freedom party. So come. Our first event is in San Antonio in in January of 2022. It's January 21st to the 22nd. So I'm always wondering who we will kick off the new year with in 2022. We're coming for you, San Antonio. You can join us in person for a $20 uh, donation. So swipe up on the show notes. Or if you can't attend in person, then we will have a live stream available for you. And that will be for any donation amount. You can also donate and pay it forward so others can have access to this freedom party. Each $20 donation allows one additional person to attend Rev on the Road free of charge. Now that is a gift. Swipe up on the show notes, guys, and get us back out on the road. Meet us back out on the road. Here's what I call Rev on the Roads. They're little tent revivals. Your body, the tent, the meeting tent with the Lord, a dwelling place with the Lord. Back in the days when Moses would wander it through the desert, they had a tent, a tabernacle of meeting. Let's bring your tent. Come on in, all of us with our tents, and let's be revived in the Lord's presence. I'm so excited. It's been a long time coming. So San Antonio, just get ready for my explosion. This five-foot body is about to explode in all the places. So I cannot wait to be there. All right. Today... This is so much fun. This is a fun interview. I'm laughing still because we laughed pretty hard. So this is a funny one and a fun one and an inspiring one of how much Michelle Myers and Summer Phoebus love the Lord. They are the co-founders of She Works His Way, and they have authored a book together called She Works His Way, a practical guide for doing what matters most in a get things done world. We talk about work. We talk about what do we love about work. Okay, let's just drop the pin. We Some of us really love work and how easy it is for us to turn it into something that defines us. And we can even do that in the name of Jesus. So how do we stay free on mission in the workplace or marketplace and continue to be discipling others in the process? Should they cut it, they go really straight to the heart. We have a fun time, Um, lots of bell ringing going on. (laughs) Uh, Summer and Michelle, if you're listening to this, we love you both equally. And it's just a good, fun conversation. So have fun enjoying it today and be encouraged. If you're someone that's trying to straddle that line of marketplace, being in the world and not of it, and you really wanna honor the Lord and, and love him and quote, do ministry, 
this podcast is going to really bring some clarity to you today. All right. Thank you donors for making this episode possible. Thank you. You are also getting us back on the road. All the things that you do to make Jesus most beautiful and famous on the earth. Let's make heaven crowded and earth look more like heaven. Love you guys. Thanks again. Peace. All right, Revelation Wellness community. And you guys know you're on YouTube too, right? Do you know that? Yeah. I read <laughs> so that in the good. notes. <laughs> good. I know sometimes I'm like, oh, good. You look beautiful. And we're just so glad you're here, uh, Revelation Wellness listeners and family. Today, you know these two. You know them. Michelle Myers and Summer Phoebus. Is that how you say the last name? You got it. That's I got right. it. You did. Love that name. You have the cutest name. Michelle, you have a great name. But Summer yeah. Phoebus, I mean. <laughs> I know. It works. You, you say it with a smile and you can't be sad about that. You guys, they are the co-founders that we're calling. Co-founders yep. of She Works His Way. So if you're a She Works His Way listener right now, get excited. I know you love these two and I love them from afar and I actually just, I'm fangirling that we get to be together. So welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Thanks for having us. So fun. So, so fun. You guys, they wrote a book and those of you who know, you know, but if not, you need to know about this book. It's called She Works His Way, title of her ministry, but I love the subtitle, A Practical Guide for Doing What Matters Most in a Get Things Done World. Who came up with the subtitle? Michelle, for probably, sure. Probably, probably me. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so long. <laughs> if it was short and concise, you would know it was summer. Because it's long, you know it's mine. No, it could not have been shortened. It was perfect. Subtitles are have permission to, to give a little bit more oomph. But in a get things done world, you got, okay, come on. Tell us the history of She Works His Way. Tell us a little bit who you are, how you got to be, where you are today, for those who don't know. So She Works His Way started as a 5 a.m. Google Hangout between four <laughs> friends. It Come was on. in what year? 2012. Yeah, and this is what I love. I feel Revelation Wellness was 2011. You guys, 2012. It just feels like right around the same time. The internet, yes. these stay-at-home moms, and this desire to do something. So, okay, so that happens in 2012. Yes. So it was four friends, Summer and I being two of those four, and oh, wow. We were all a part of the same business and we kind of started to feel like this tension coming up where, you know, we're in a, in a job where there's no limit to the amount of money we can make, the amount of recognition that we can receive. And Mm. I think we just started recognizing like, Hey, if we don't kind of take that seriously, it could be dangerous. Honestly, wow. we were even seeing it happen. We were seeing the lure of success, the lure of recognition. We we were seeing where it wow. could take people. That was never an intention. And right. recognizing that, hey, listen, that that same nature exists in me too. Wow. And so yeah. I want to pull women in closer that can call me out, call me up, really. Yeah. Um, ask me the right questions and to just be able to put some words around and some prayer around the tension that we were feeling. And okay. after meeting for about a year, a little over a year, uh, we and a always Google hangout, a Google hangout. Yes. Okay. Okay. Old school zoom. Um, Come on. <laughs> they, they bullied me. I use that word loosely into starting an Instagram account because I think we all just felt more yeah. women need to be part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. 
it grew faster than any account that we've ever had. And quickly, some of the questions and conversations that the women that were gathered there wanted to have, they were not public forum appropriate. Mm -hmm. And so the community started, the, the network started because we needed a place to go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. That has continued to be the progression of what we've done over the last eight years is who are the women that are here? What do they need? And if that's what they need, then how can we go deeper to make it happen? Summer, what was your experience like at those early years? Like what were, what was forming in your heart? We absolutely bonded over the tension. I think that was it. We all had, we were very different women just in personality, but the tension was the same for every single one of us. And I think that was just the glue that kept us together. What brought us together is the fact that we loved each other and that we knew this is what we needed to be pointed at God over and over again. But what kept us together was just the understanding that this tension is real and it Mm. is dangerous. And so it was a good place to come and not be judged for feeling. Cause sometimes you get, you get made to feel guilty totally. because of success. And totally. it's like, wait a second, what am I? So am I only supposed to do this like halfway so that I'm not too successful? Mm-hmm. But it was just a matter of channeling that success, channeling that ambition, understanding the obedience factor and what it is that the Lord had called us to. And then being reminded because nobody else was reminding us of what our purpose was. Our mm-hmm. purpose was defined by everybody else in our companies, but yeah. our purpose as a believer, of, uh, a believer of God, a follower of Christ was so much deeper and Different. we needed to see that. Mm-hmm. Put in words, Summer, the tension. What's the tension? Yeah, the tension was, and we have this, I believe this is at the beginning of the book, was trying to be everything that the world wanted us to be and to be everything that God was asking us to be. And yeah. doing it simultaneously became, it was bondage. It was not balance. We were told yeah. it was supposed to be balanced. We were told that we could be everything the world wanted us to be, and we could be everything that God asked mm-hmm. of us. And if we just did all of these things, then we would have this balanced life. And mm-hmm. we didn't. We were handcuffed to misery. We were handcuffed to meaty awkwardy, really. We weren't Uh able to actually fly in what it was that the Lord had called us to and in our gift sets. And the discontentment, um, it was just, it was heavy. It was heavy. Mm. And you couldn't get the right answers because everything, I always say when we first came together, it was at the height of personal development. Remember that? Like it was the, oh my gosh, now every single day, listen to this, uh, every Ted talk, you know, all of it. And I was trying to listen. I was trying to do it all. And none of the things they were telling me were bad necessarily, Yeah, but they weren't the best. Mm -hmm. And that was the problem. The information was flipped. I was hearing too much from the world and not enough from God. And so I needed women to point me back to the truth. So Michelle, I know in our community, we have a lot, there's a lot of crossover people that are Uh revelation wellness instructors that they have ministry and they want to be out in, you know, they're working in the marketplace in some way. Um, what is, what's your, what are, what do you tend to tell those women? How do they navigate a marketplace, a front facing world view of money making success? And I love the Lord. How do they Mm -hmm. navigate that? I think it is all about whose voice you elevate and that which voice the word <laughs> got yeah. the bell on that one <laughs> the bell yes the bell. Um, 
But when you think about it, when we think about what these tensions are that trip us up the most, Mm -hmm. the world does blatantly lie. And those lies are really easy to identify. Call them out. Let's say, what does the world say? Go. Oh, success is everything. If you have more money, you'll be happy. Like title, title. Yeah. Title title matters. That's the most important thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those, those are lies that we can see that and we can know, okay. Mm-mm. But then there's others that are socially mm-hmm. acceptable. They're well-dressed. They're half mm-hmm. truth, twisted versions of what God says. And they're twisted to make them just enough. It's mm-hmm. more about me than it is about God. Boom. And those are really, really hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to things like we have a chapter in the book, that's called Uh, love over skill. And so it's this whole idea that like my talent and my contribution to the world is related by the level of skill that I have in the gift that God put in me. And that sounds like, we're like, well, how do you argue with that? Well, we argue with it by understanding that spiritual gifts are put in us. And we're, we learn about that in first Corinthians 12 and then first Corinthians 13 tells Mm -hmm. us how we're to use those gifts. It is a chapter all about love where he says, Hey, listen, if you have all of these things and they're incredible and they're amazing and they're awesome, but you don't have love, you have nothing. Yeah. You're a noisy gong. Noisy. And you just noise clatter. Yeah. And so understanding that my contribution isn't the level of skill. It's the level of love that I put in my skill. That's my contribution. And so just understand the gospel emphasis of God's mission, God's purposes, what God says, making that the anchor instead of the sidebar mm-hmm. to everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Because if we're chasing mm-hmm. that title or we're chasing that skill level, then mm-hmm. the very point of why we're here, which is to be his witnesses and to be his mm-hmm. hands and feet can mm-hmm. become something that we do when there's time or when it's convenient or when it's comfortable, instead of mm-hmm. being, no, this is the entire reason why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And anything okay. else that happens, that's the sidebar. What would you add to that, Summer? Uh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. It, I would add. I would add an amen. And if mm. you're someone who struggles to understand what freedom in Christ is, Michelle just explained it. Mm. It is a mm. matter of order. It is a matter of God first, and everything else second. It is everything that you need to know to live your life. And it's not, we're not saying that it's easy. We are absolutely Mm -hmm. not saying that it's easy, but it is simple. The concept, the model that Jesus showed us, it is just, it just has to be childlike, like a child can get it. So why do we complicate it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's the, that's the entire goal and purpose. I believe of what she works his way does is uh, last Sunday we were at my father's church and it's an older church and they still sing out of hymnals and it's Mm -hmm. the most beautiful thing. And they sing Mm -hmm. and worship so lovely. And Mm -hmm. they sang a song and it was anchoring my soul to Jesus. I'm going to anchor my soul to Jesus. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to anchor my soul to Jesus and then just help Mm -hmm. other women anchor their soul to Jesus. And I believe that's what she works his way exists to do. Mm -hmm. So good. It's so true. I was saying to my team, yesterday I go, you know what? Life feels like a series or a cycle of loss and adjustment. Mm-hmm. Like you're, we, we lose, we're going to lose over and over in this world because it's, we're not designed to operate in its system. So we're going to lose, we're going to lose. But then we adjust to 
to what are we gaining? Like where, the, but this isn't, I'm lost. I'm nothing. I'm gaining something. So lose and adjust, lose and adjust. Well, tell me what I'm, I'm going to polar, like polarize this thing. Cause I, I'm really, I know who's listening to this. I can, I already feel your names in my head of like, ask this question, Elisa, help us to define, um, I'm going to ask Michelle, I'm going to ask Summer, what do you, what do you love about the marketplace? What do you love about work? Cause she works his way. What do you love about it? So first of all, we have to redefine work okay? because work is not necessarily just something that you get paid for. If you okay. think about it, like work is anything a believer does submitted to God for him to use for his glory and the good of others. Mm-hmm. That's work. Ephesians so, 20. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is work. And mm-hmm. so what I love about work is that, mm-hmm. I mean, it is an opportunity to be around people who need the Lord that need to see mm-hmm. his love the workplace is probably the most underutilized mission field that exists. Wow. It's a place where we go every day, a place where we go, where we pursue a common goal or a common purpose that we see the same people over and over again, where even if you don't really have much else in common and you have work in common, you get to see each other and build that relationship, which relationship is the foundation to be able to share Jesus with someone. And Mm. so work is an incredible opportunity to be able to provide for your family, Mm -hmm. use -hmm. your gifts and to get into people's lives to be able Mm -hmm. to show them. Cause if the workplace, I mean, most places are a ladder, a place Mm -hmm. to climb. And Mm -hmm. if you see your life as a place to love and lay down and sacrifice, and you live that out in the workplace, you're going to stand out in the best way. Wow. Like it's not that hard to be a light in a a dark place. And (laughs) I think for most people, the secular workplace is a dark place because most people are in it for themselves and what they get. And if you're there for others and what you give, it's not going to be hard to stand out. And it goes back to exactly what you're saying or Summers, whoever said, it depends on whose voice you're listening to. When you go to the workplace, it's this mindset of, I am here to be a, a vessel for God. Like I, what, like what's next, what's going to happen today? How can mm-hmm. I be of use today to bring love into this workplace? Yes. Um, but when you have that mindset, then you're ready to find it. What you look for, you find, if you don't look for it, then you just go and punch the clock and fall into the darkness that you don't mm-hmm. see the opportunity for the light. You're right. If you're in a dark space, light that one little match and you're the brightest person in the room. So it's like right. such a powerful opportunity to see a move of God, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what do you love about Jesus? Me or Summer? You. I'm asking oh. you. I asked, what do you love about work? What do you love about God? What do you love about Christ? The thing that probably is the most unlike me. Which what? His grace. I mean, just oh. his his grace and his goodness. Um, we were just talking about the importance of remembering your life before surrendering to Christ. Remember, yes. what those, remember what those words were that described how you felt and what your worth was in and what you were chasing after and what your mind was filled with and, and what, like all of those things. And then enter Jesus. Everything changed. And then how yeah. quickly and how so real and how tangible and how incredible so and how amazing yeah. and how undeserving, like To stand in awe of your own testimony is something that we just all need to do on a regular basis. So good. You're making me cry. And when you have that opportunity, like we, we don't, 
live in awe of our testimony because we share it so infrequently. Yeah. And when you have the opportunity to be around people where you get to share your testimony, it's so much easier to stay in that joy of your salvation. That's so and true. So I just, man, I, I can't believe that, that he would do that for me. And I get to live every day in the awe that he did. Not because wow. I deserved it, because he's that good. Wow. Okay, Summer, same questions for you. What do you love about work? Okay. Hmm. What I love the most about work is it has a lot to do with what I love the most. And what I love the most is the local church. I'm obsessed mm. with it. I'm passionate about it. Mm. I believe it's powerful. And in my mm. life, in my personal life, I've worked in the secular workplace for most of my career. And mm. it has become a bridge to the local church for me. And it has also become an opportunity to take what a lot of people have unfortunately seen as bad. Maybe they've been hurt. Maybe they've been raised yeah. wrong. Maybe it's just, it's just mm. had a, a, something wrong with it in their own heart and mind, something yeah. that they don't see. And I get to go into a secular workplace and I get to represent as a part of the body of believers, as a part of the church and become yeah. a bridge and really just for them reframe what it looks like to be the church and what it looks like to be the body of believers. Because there are a lot of people that won't step inside a church, but mm. what if we go to them? Like, mm. what if they're mm. going to be so much less scared to walk inside of a church when I come to them and I say, this is what you can expect me. Mm. Yeah. That's what you can expect. Yeah. Broken, imperfect, flawed people who love Jesus so very much that it overflows out of my eyeballs and I do everything different. It goes back to what Michelle said, the contrast yeah. that there is in a believer in the workplace should be significant inside yes. of the culture. Totally. So, if I'm there and I'm, and, and I'm something so different about me and the yes. only thing that I can get out is that they know on the weekends, I have a, something I do different than they do. And that's go to church. They're going to connect the two. They're going to mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. And then the gospel mm -hmm. becomes this thing that is real mm -hmm. that walks into mm -hmm. their office or into their cubicle every day, instead of this thing that is far off that they have let the news or social media or, mm -hmm. um, a, a, a Mm -hmm. group that calls themselves church, but isn't church that has done it wrong. They're no longer going to see that as the definition, but they're going to see the real definition of it. So mm. I love the beauty in that. Mm. And what do you love about Jesus? Oh my, <laughs> I don't, I don't, the question makes me, um, like makes me get a chin quiver. So if <laughs> that tells you anything, <laughs> I um, like it. yeah, what I love about Jesus is that he has no expectations of me except for just to love him. Mm. And there's nobody, there's no human being that doesn't expect more of me. Like yeah. Jesus just wants my love. Mm -hmm. And because I love him more than anything else, everything mm. else inside of me is shaped differently. Yeah. And so I, I love him. So it's easy to do what he wants me to do and yeah. to be who he wants me to be. And there's just this, pressure off feeling and the way that I have to walk through life. It's not this do everything right. And then he'll love me. It's do everything because I love him. And there's freedom. There's wow. just so much beautiful freedom. Oh my gosh. We're preaching. We're sharing testimony and love for Jesus. <laughs> like this goes farther and wider than let's talk about skills that we can have when in the workplace. <laughs> Um, I want to know a little bit on a backstory of each of you, cause you guys have like such 
such contrasting as people and testimony a bit of like how the Lord, what life was pre-Jesus. Uh, Michelle, you talk in the book about being a striver for perfection, like external, right? Would it be external perfection? Oh, and yeah. of others, like people approving you and some are yours would be more approval of yourself, correct? Like yes. this internal, like no matter what anyone else said, it wasn't good for you. So yeah. let's go summer, explain that experience of what it's like chasing ever after perfection or approval from your, of yourself. Mm. It, it was the most exhausting thing in the whole world because it is exhausting to please people. I'm sure I've definitely tiptoed into that, but to constantly feel the need to prove myself over and over and over, I kept internally raising the bar. And even when I thought I accomplished something, I didn't accomplish it. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't right enough. And even in the moment, I could maybe celebrate for five seconds, something that I did, some achievement. But then all that did was it made me go, okay, next time it's got to be better. Next time it's got to be bigger. It was never enough. There was no finish line. I say in the book, it was like, it's like running um, a relay race, but I'm all four legs of the race. And I just keep passing the baton to myself. There is no break. There is no finish line. You just keep on going. And so for me, I don't know where it came from. I also state, I'm sure that I could sit down with somebody and look back at childhood and try to unpack something. I don't know that that would be beneficial for me personally, because the bottom line is that Jesus has freed me of that. Mm -hmm. And I never want to go back. So I don't even want to study it very much because he has freed me of it. And now at this point, there is just no part of a spiritual walk where we need to prove anything because Jesus has already Mm -hmm. done it. Michelle writes a chapter, Mm -hmm. we're approved. Like it's Mm -hmm. done. We're approved. Mm -hmm. Everything's good. I don't need to gain approval, seek approval or be Mm -hmm. approved myself. Mm -hmm. I, I am approved. And so walking in that freedom and walking in that truth has made me more ambitious, not less ambitious, which is weird because you assume that if I let myself off the hook, I'm going to be lazy, which I think is why a lot of us keep ourselves. We keep the eternal internal verse voice going. Like we don't trust ourselves to keep going if we're not mean to ourselves. Right. Yeah. And that's not, that's not the case when, when it's for the glory of God, there's no stopping. What do you do when that do you, do you have that thought come or that crit, that voice push you? What do you do? What's your go-to with that? I have phrases that I say mm-hmm. where I just Good. ask God, did this please you? Does this please mm-hmm. you? And so wow. one thing that I do is when I wake up in the morning, there's a Maverick city music song mm-hmm. and, um, I, I do not want to mess up the line, but, um, Michelle, do you remember? Sing it summer. Oh, I'm not singing it. Come on. (laughs) I'll sing it. Well, I can't remember the exact words. It's something about everything. um, It's about every every breath I have praise you. Yes. And everything I do today, may it praise you. And um, your listeners right now who listen to Maverick City are so mad because they're like, that is the line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got it. May there never be a day that I don't rise to bring you praise. That's it. it. May there never be a day that I don't rise to bring you praise. That simplifies everything for me. So I wake up and I think that and I pray that. And then when the voice pops up, 
that maybe something wasn't good enough, something wasn't right, something, whatever. I just say, God, did I please you? Because if my goal at the beginning of the day was to please him, and if I'm walking in the spirit and doing what I'm supposed to be doing, when it's over, it did please him because it's by him. It is through him. It is from him. And so I can't mess that up. I'm not important enough, good enough, powerful enough to mess that up. That's so good. Okay, Michelle, tell us about your your pre-Jesus days in kind of the perfection or approval pursuit. I was always aware of how others were perceiving me. And that was always, if there was a way to manipulate that for my benefit. And I mean, I can trace it back. Like it's just young, like from grades or like Mm. male attention um, mm-hmm. eating disorder, mm-hmm. being a workaholic, like mm-hmm. it was constantly in other people's perception and approval of me. And I, it's not mm-hmm. comfortable to talk about it this way, but approval was like the idol. It was the yeah. thing that would make something a good day or make something a bad day. Yeah. yeah. And it was the thing that I was looking for to define me. And he, I would always see the idol as the problem, but not that I had made it an idol. So I never like took it to that (laughs) level. And so it would be like, Hey, you know what? Like I need to care about my appearance less, (laughs) but here's the deal is I was just, I would just replace it with another idol. More about you. Yeah. yeah, The eating disorder became a a workaholic because I addressed Mm -hmm. the symptom, but I didn't go to the disease. And so realizing that idols don't need to be reduced. That yeah. doesn't make them go away. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They have to be replaced. Replace. Yeah. And so yeah. understanding that all of those secondary things that I was using to define me would only matter less when God mattered most. Man. Did and, he come wreck you to get that into your head or what was oh, like like four different times? Like how many times <laughs> does one person need to learn the same lesson? Um, I mean. And until finally, it was the workaholism that made me go, hold on, Mm. hang on. Mm. I thought that I had learned the lesson, but I haven't learned that. I just, I don't, it's not the Jesus and yeah, there's no, there's no and that needs to get added to Jesus. Like I need Jesus period. Don't put anything on the end of that sentence. Amen. And until I got that until that was my soul's satisfaction, nothing else was ever going to measure up. And it was just going to compete with my heart's affection. And like, God, God is a jealous God in a, in the best way because he wants all of us. Yes, totally. Um, So wouldn't you say, and isn't it interesting too, that it's the workaholism that actually became the final push that then she works his way. Right. Don't you think like that? I got to get out of this and we have to do it in a way that is God centered, anchored only. And look what came out of it. Yes. <laughs> and it incredible. was the difference between those two, because in the eating disorder, I, I knew it was a problem and I pushed people away because mm. the result was what was most important. But when God was most important, then even getting the four friends together on Google hangout, that was a way of pulling people in. Yeah. And wow. So. Did you have some, or you were going to say something? I was just, as she was talking just a second ago, I, I'm someone who, if I was listening to this, I would listen, I would get, I would go, 
okay, cool girls. That sounds great. That sounds wonderful. And I just want to clarify, she admitted how many times she had to be wrecked. I will admit how many times I had to be wrecked, but I also want you to understand that it is absolutely a practice Mm -hmm. that you'll practice this sometimes before you believe it, that you will practice your soul satisfaction being Jesus before you believe your soul satisfaction is Jesus. So if you'll practice it, he'll show you he is the full satisfaction. But if you just wait for some fairy wand, magic dust to fall down on you, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it can't happen because I'm not Jesus and he can do whatever he wants to do. But if you'll practice it, if you'll practice the thought, that's why I have the phrase that God, this pleased you, God, did this please you? We have to practice those things in order for us to step into them and fully believe them. And Jesus will show you, he will absolutely show you. And listen, you're preaching to the crowd that goes, yes, that's why they get in their body and go for a walk. It's a practice, a discipline that's rooted in delight. Like this is going to be good for me. I don't necessarily want to do it, but I know once I do it, my belief will increase following my behavior, right? Mm -hmm. We wait to have a behavior to then go, oh, look, I believe. No, have a behavior and watch the belief come and rise. Like, Oh, I love that. um, Rooted in delight. I love mm, that. Yeah. That's, discipline that's rooted in delight. That's a discipline because people go discipline. No, it's a delight, right? He disciplines yeah. his children. He loves, he delights in you. Whatever yeah, he's asking so us good. to do is for immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. That's great. I think that people are listening. I'm just listening going, they want to know what should they do if they're in a place in the marketplace and they're feeling uh, discouraged that they're going to like, I, you know, what a lot of people do. I just need to go into ministry full time. Oh. <laughs> summer, summer, summer has something go. to say. Okay. Go summer, summer's summer's her chin's quivering again, but in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. This is the thing that, um, I believe is a pet peeve. I hope it's a righteous pet peeve. It is frustrating to me that we get fired up. We fall in love with Jesus. And then we go, okay, God, where do you want me? What's Mm -hmm. next? Where do you want me? And we Mm -hmm. ignore the fact that God is sovereign, which just Mm -hmm. means he's over everything. You Mm -hmm. are exactly where you're supposed to be. You are surrounded by the exact people that you're supposed to be around. So this falling in love with Jesus, this newfound excitement in your walk with him, this new surrender and freedom that you found, it is absolutely to be used in the exact place that you are. And it doesn't mean that he won't move you out or move you on or move you up okay. or move you down. That It doesn't mean that. But in the moment, you don't have to stop what you're doing and wait to use these yes. gifts and to surrender yes. this and take this mindset of understanding yes. the order is God first and then everything else. Yes. You don't have to wait to put all of That's those right. things into practice until you're in some other position. Because mm-hmm. what the world doesn't need is a bunch of women who are on fire for Jesus walking out of their secular workplaces. Yes. That does not make sense oh, to anyone. You got the bell. <laughs> you got the bell. She's got two bells so far. You have only Ooh. one, Michelle. Not that we're doing any comparison. <laughs> go ahead. We're going to go. Look at her. She's like, yeah, I got the bell. After she just got done telling me, I really go for approval. <laughs> <laughs> she has two. Okay. All right, oh keep going. Goodness. I'm sorry. That's yes. a good thought. Yes. No, that is, that is, it's a, it's a big deal to me. It's a big Mm -hmm. deal to me. What about Michelle? Would you add to that? 
Anything? I, I can't. Yes. Amen. That, you can tell she fires up on yeah. that one. Ring you know, the bell, it's funny. Lisa, ring the bell. There, <laughs> good job. You know what I would say? What I would say to that is we have I, we have some friends that cross over, women that are in the She Works His Way will come over into um into Revelation Wellness. And it's so funny you would say that summer because we've never had this discussion, but that is exactly at the end of our training. We talk a little bit about some of these women and men come from a marketplace in the wellness world where there's, you know, there's things that they really enjoy and they're behind. And then they kind of get sucked into that, uh, the, the, whatever the building, the downline and the whole, whatever it is that they do to, to flourish. And then they come away on a retreat and they just get wrecked by the love of Jesus, right? Just mm-hmm. they let Jesus, oh my gosh, I'm made for him. And this, everything gets small compared to just him. Yes. So then they're a little wrecked at the end of a retreat going, what, what am I going to do? How do I go back into this workplace? And that is the exact message we tell them, oh, go back into the workplace. Like you are there. It's not a by mistake. Mm-hmm. We're for you. We're with you. You have what it takes. Go look into She Works His Way. <laughs> We've mentioned that a few times. Absolutely. Like you can do this and stay free um, and love Jesus. Like what a, what a, what a, I don't know, like it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Like those mm-hmm. people need you. We're yes. not supposed to just hole up into our little, you know, bubbles of Christian business or Christian what, like we got to right. go out there. And I think that the world ahead, we're living in a post-Christian world. Everyone mm. people are over, like you are going to be considered small minded as a Christian, just in general, right? People are going to yeah. write that off. But when they see something compelling, that's right. When they see a woman who can hold grace and give grace and have peace and not get into the drama or whatever, brings solutions and resolutions and ambassadors, ministers of reconciliation, people will pay attention. They'll pay attention to a lifestyle more than they will. You know, here's a, here's Bible verses thrown at you and why you should do better. We just need to not should on people is what I say. All the time. Yes, <laughs> that's right. There, I gave myself a bell. <laughs> I don't have a bell, but I am reading it. I am reading it. If you think about it though, Jesus said, like, love, love me and love others, yes, right? Yeah. Love me and yeah. love others. And yeah. so he obviously knew what was coming in the world. He obviously right. knew it was going to be broken and all these Come terrible on. things were going to happen, right? If right. he had been, if, if he had been worried about it, if he had been threatened, by the brokenness of the world and the evil that was going to come, he probably yeah. wouldn't have just said, love me and love others. He would have come said, on. defend me and defend others, condemn yeah. others, love me yeah. and condemn others, like uh-huh. pro- love me and protect yourself from others. There would be others, yeah. but it right. didn't change. He knew what was yeah. coming and he still kept with, yeah, that's the strategy. I think, I think that's good. Let's leave it there at love. Right. And it doesn't matter. Nothing yeah. can change that. Yeah. And love also, I think living in the post-Christian world we're in, we get that pushback of, well, you're just not very loving when you stand for God, when you stand for truth, when you stand for design, when you stand for something that people, you know, we're living in a very permissive society. If God is loving, it'd be more freedom. Oh no, we actually love to be constrained into a freedom that is greater than this. So they need that. That's like, we need to have have those greater conversations and not just have the conversation, but then show a lifestyle that is like, wow, they're really unoffendable. Wow. They're really attentive. Just, I can't knock them down. They keep that's the whole, right. This thing with a Christian, knock them down and 
five more rays up. Like we just get stronger and bigger. So good. Mm. Okay. I did none of my questions here because we just (laughs) talked like girlfriends and just talked about Jesus. And I think that's just the better podcast all the way around this book. She works his way. You guys a practical, a practical guide for doing what matters most in a get things done world. Uh, Michelle, who should read this book? If that tension that we talked about in the beginning, if you Mm -hmm. feel like those half truths can trip you up sometimes to where you're like, that sounds good, but it doesn't settle with my spirit. And I don't know how to reconcile Mm -hmm. those two. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect conversation for you because that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It is a conversation. We want to start the conversation with you. We're very conversational and we go first. And we Mm -hmm. tell you all the ways that it's played out. We Mm -hmm. do not want to be two more voices competing for your attention. We just try Mm -hmm. to elevate God's voice above the noise. So you're going to see a lot of his opinion in this. Very little of our opinion. Good. We'll we'll share our experiences with you of how his opinion has played out in our life of when we obeyed and when we didn't disobey or when we disobeyed. Uh, but, But that's who this is a conversation for. What would you say, Summer? Who is this for? And say it from a different angle. I'm sure you'd be like, yep, that's who it's fair. Tell me who, in your own words, who is this book for? Yeah, I think it's for the woman who is really trying to pursue balance, who feels like she's failing in every area and doesn't know how to get it back together, who needs someone to lovingly come alongside of her and remind her of the things that she probably, if she's been raised in the church and if she loves God, the things that she probably knows, but she has never seen in this beautiful full picture. She has somehow compartmentalized the message of the gospel into these areas of her life that she is not allowing to seep over into her one full life which answers the question why she feels like she's failing in every everywhere. So that's, I, I want you to open this. And after chapter one, just to already, like, I want, we say something that she works his way. We hope that we want to just point you, we want to point you to Jesus, but we hope that when mm-hmm. we talk to you, that what ends up happening is this exhale and this like shoulder drop, this like, Ooh. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's what we want to see happen. That's so good. Okay. Now, how do people get involved with your community? So go to sheworkshisway.com and there's a button in the right-hand corner. It says join now. And then you're just a couple of clicks away from our network because there is beauty in women gathering together that, because we always say that the tension becomes less tense when you talk about it. And so all of the tensions that feel tense, that make these situations feel awkward and uncomfortable and you need boldness and you need grace and Mm. you need all of those good things. We talk about all of those things inside of our community that empowers you to be able to walk forward in the confidence of the gospel. That's so good. It's, I feel like it's a one of a kind ministry. I don't, I don't know if there's other ministries out there, but I wouldn't, we wouldn't look left or right anyways, but it is definitely a set apart ministry as far as my, so I'm We concerned. feel the same way about you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. It's <laughs> fun. We're a good compliment to each other. Um, and then they can get the book on the website as well. Yeah. Go to sheworkshiswood.com okay. forward slash book. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's on Amazon if that's easy. Um, yeah. but all the places. Yep. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you three fire questions. They're just like fire drill questions. You have to, I'll, I'm going to ask the question. So this is hard. I've never done two people at one time. And I'm going to go one, two, three. You have to say your answer. Ready? Oh, at the and you same both time? say it at the same time. And we'll see if we can even understand it. Ready? Coffee, tea, or kombucha? One, two, three. Coffee. They're both coffee drink. How many cups? One, two, three. How two. many? Oh, two. Michelle? 
too. <laughs> okay. Begrudgingly, I'm, I'm trying to cut back. <laughs> That's all right. There's tons of studies about the health of ca- caffeine and coffee. Okay. Next one. Um, favorite way to move your body? One, two, three. Kickboxing. You said, you said, wait, once at a dance party, was that summer? Dance party. Yes. Did you guys do dance party at narrow? Did you have some dancing going on? I mean, there was for sure some dancing. 100%. But I do believe Michelle will talk about this later, but I think that's got to be put in there somewhere. Yes. Got it. For sure. (laughs) Kickboxing is what you said, Michelle. Really? I don't don't throw, I don't throw a punch that doesn't have a face. So (laughs) it's very, it's very healthy for me. Very healthy. Good. She's okay. an angry little gal. That's all right. <laughs> hey, I've got some fire in me for sure. Okay. On the count of three, last question. Favorite workout wear brand? One, two, three. Fabletics. Amazon. I just buy Fabletics. stuff Amazon. 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 I'm telling you, Amazon's making a big killing in the, I'm convinced I have a friend of mine. You may know them. You know, the refit gals, refit rev. Oh Yeah. Angela, Angela Beeler, she swears that Amazon, it's a brand called CRZ yoga pants. It's yes. CRZ that they're Lululemon. Like they source okay. from the same place as Lululemon. Okay. $20. There's a brand. There's a brand that's called colorful koala and okay. it's the exact same thing. They're the aligned leggings. I'm so sorry, Lulu. I love you. That's okay. No, 20, on, 25 bucks. Okay. Oh my gosh. You know how many listeners just said that was worth every part of the 36 minutes we just spent together. I got you. (laughs) I feel it. All right, you guys go get the book, go get connected with this network of amazing God loving, surrendering their life for Christ women. And, uh, let's make Jesus famous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for being here guys. We love you. We love you.